Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bites! Give me a bite. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode number 1170. It is a Friday, the day this show is uploaded. Thank you for choosing the Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is... Jenny, I got one name. Jenny. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Everybody, 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 everybody. <laughs> Hi there, I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators. Yes, that's right, I am the crazy one, and the sane ones are all around me. Two fur kids that are napping, sleeping, snoring, they're right behind me on the uh, on the dog bed, and Kimmy right next to me, wide awake, uh, well, I guess she is now, I... I awakened her. It is very early on Friday morning. I, I I woke you up from your dog nap, didn't I? Yes, you did. Are are you wide awake? Mm-hmm. Are, are you happy it is a Friday? I am very happy it's Friday. Now, the question I have for you, Kimmy, is do you have any interest in seeing the brand new movie, Logan? No. Really? Even though this is Hugh Jackman's last run at playing the character Wolverine? Mm-mm. Don't, don't, no care. There, even though the reviews are fantastic for this so far. Nope. None. Zero. None. Even though people that you know, Kimmy, I guarantee you will be looking on their social media pages over the next few days. They will be saying the following. The best superhero movie ever made. The best comic book movie ever made. That won't sway you one way or another. Mm, nope. By the way, these are the same people that say that about any comic book movie that hits the screen. It is the best when it when it's playing. I think they've even said that about a movie that won the Razzies just recently. Oh, what movie was that, Kimmy? Uh, Batman versus Superman. Yes, there was an individual. We won't out that person, but that person went totally off the deep end. Anybody who criticized that movie, that even mildly said, I, I didn't, you know, I just didn't really care. Oh, he would call people old and all kinds of insulting things. Uh, and then it won some Razzies, mm-hmm. as it should have. Okay, I don't think Logan will, though. I don't think it's no. like that at all. I was just kind of curious because, you know, got to make plans for that weekend. And if you wanted to possibly do that or not, I was just kind of checking in with you on that. No. All right, Kimmy, it is a March 3rd, and we're getting really close to an event that's happening just down the road. The Riley and Kimmy Show will be taking it to the streets. <laughs> Yes, the Riley and Kimmy Show will be taking it to the streets. By the way, check out our website, RileyandKimmy.com, right on our event page for our details where we will be at. But one of the places we'll highlight that the Riley and Kimmy Show will be taking it to the streets to is on Saturday, March 18th. We will be at the Paws on the Catwalk Fashion Show being held in Melbourne, Florida at the Melbourne Auditorium. And that's happening from 10 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon. 
luncheon fashion show, by the way, with a live and silent auction. Vendors will be on hand with things for your fur kids, and there will be adoptions going on. Adopt Adoptable pets, cats, dogs, animals will be at this Pause on the Catwalk fashion show. Big thank you going out to the Brevard Humane Society for inviting the Riley and Kimmy show. We will be there right next to us. We'll be a superhero. Who will be there, Kimmy? That would be Tug. Yes, Tug the Bull Terrier puppy will be there with his human parents. That's Kim Joy and Blake Ovard. Tug has a comic book. He is a an advocate, a representative for dog rescues and animal rescues. Uh, his story, by the way, you can find right on our Facebook, or, or well, you can find it on our Facebook page, but on our website in our video section, we have an interview with Tug's dad, Blake, where he talks about the discovery of Tug, his story, and how he is an inspiration. Tug also works with dementia awareness and anti-bullying. You can meet Tug, see his comic book. That's all at the Pause on the Catwalk Fashion Show happening Saturday, March 18th. We would love to see you there, wouldn't we, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. And if you're in Central Florida vacationing, this is very close to Orlando. Very easy to get to. And by the way, it is near the beaches, too. That's something you can do right after. Now, that is on March 18th. On Sunday, March 19th, the Riley and Kimmy Show will be at a Comic-Con. That's right. This is the Comic-Con to be at in the month of March if you are in Central Florida or Florida Matter of fact, it is the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. Artist John Beatty is guest there. Swing on by and meet John Beatty, famous for his work with Batman. Also, Captain America, The Punisher, and Marvel Secret Wars, just to name a few. John is sketching, and by the way, he has posted on the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con's Facebook page his, his commission rates and stuff. You can find that out. But by the way, if you are thinking about getting a sketch, I suggest getting to the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con early and that way you can get that secure that sketch he will be signing so bring your comic books all day that's at the melbourne toy and comic-con cosplay contest going on being held by viera comics's very own peter pappas also famous faces and funnies will be handling the gaming that's going to be going on fun there lots of collectibles matter of fact tons of collectibles can be found at this fun nerd related event and that is the melbourne toy and comic-con you can find out more visit their website Melbourne Toy and Comic-Con.com. It is a Friday. My question for you, Kimmy, are you able, are you wide awake enough to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia? Yes, I am. And here we go to the trivia section, the fun part of the Riley and Kimmy Show. By the way, the Riley and Kimmy Show offers brand new episodes every single day. It is a variety show. That's what we are, a variety nerd and geek talk show. We offer pop culture escapism, and you can listen to us anywhere. That's right, because we are mobile and global. You can hear us all over planet Earth. Friday, March 3rd, and before we start with the first question, we just have to point this out for those who are following along. The questions have been jumbled up. It's not a chronological order kind of thing going on, not linear. So feel free to help out Kimmy, yell out those answers. We believe in time-traveling answers. That's right, you in the future to us right now. Yell out those answers. Yell at your smartphone, laptop, desktop, or tablet, and that answer will come through a vortex right next to Kimmy's ears. 
and it, it just pops right out right into her ears and she gives us the answer it works that way on friday march 3rd here we go kimmy going right to something on trivia matter of fact our very first question is one of your favorite subject matters and that is music so here we go very first one van halen began their first world tour on this date was it 1976 1979 1981 or 1982 um 1979 that is exactly right have you ever seen van halen or david lee roth in concert no i have not really never really okay moving over to something else happening on this date in history it's one of your favorite subjects actually history history related i mean like the hardcore history yeah mount rushmore dedicated on this date in history kimmy was it you know what mount rushmore is first we got to clarify I'm making sure, okay? All right, Mount Rushmore was dedicated on this date in history. Was it 1895, 1913, 1923, or 1933? 1923. Kimmy, you missed it by 10. It was 1933, the same year that big movie came out, King Kong. 1933. It was on this date, the first issue of Time Magazine was published. What year, Kimmy? 1913, 1923, 1933, or 1943? 1943. It was 1923, you know, protective, uh, you know, rap and stuff like that. So on this date, Kimmy, the Star Spangled Banner. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay, the Star Spangled Banner, written by whom? How about that last name? Um, Scott. Uh, that's the middle name. Middle name. Yeah, that's his middle name. Written by something. Uh, that's the last name. We'll accept that by Francis Scott Key. The Star Spangled Banner, written by Francis Scott Key, was adopted as the American National Anthem on this date in history. Give me the year this happened. Was it 1797, 1814, 1868, or 1931? 1931. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you positive? Mm-hmm. Are you 100% confident on that? Yep. You are exactly right. It is 1931 that it was adopted. Now, the song was originally a poem known as Defense of Fort McHenry. That's its original name. It was on this date, 1791, the United States Congress passed a resolution that created the U.S. Mint. That's not food, Kimmy. That's not candy. Mm. No, mint, no, I mean money. You know, that where they... Right. Yeah, okay. Just, I know you like mint. I know mint. that. I know you like mint, you know, ice cream and yeah, mint things. And, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you probably like those mint certain shakes that coming out this time of year, right? Uh, yeah. you, you like those too? I don't know. Uh, you know, the little lop- leprechaun shakes? You know, right. With, without, shakes. You actually had to say what they were. Okay. Yes, those. You probably like those too, right? I haven't had one in years. Well, maybe you can have one for me this weekend. Tell you what, if you win, this episode will get you two of those, you know, for this weekend. How's that? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I know. You're sitting there going, well, he just shouldn't have. Yeah, okay. Maybe once I do, you might say he shouldn't have. It was you must on have a coupon. I do. What are you? Oh, you're inferring that I'm cheap. Okay, Kimmy, it was on this date. 1817, the first commercial steamboat route from Louisville to New Orleans was opened. It was on this date that Florida 
became the 27th state in the United States. The question for you, Kimmy, within 50 years, what year did Florida become a state? 1869. Well, that is within 50. It was 1845 that that happened. It was on this date in 1845. An act of Congress established uniform postal rates throughout the nation. That's right. You could charge whatever you know you wanted to in your territory until 1845. That effect went, went into effect July 1st. 1845. It was on the state 1849. The Gold Coinage Act was passed by the Congress in the United States. It allowed the minting of gold coins. You know, you have a ton of those. You know, those gold coins. Mm. Yeah, you got, yeah, yeah. Kimmy's got tons as she collects them. I'm kidding. It was on, well, you got the gold ones that have the chocolate, you know, gold foil ones. Hmm. They still make those? I don't know. They used to, remember? Way, uh-huh. way, way back. They probably do. Did you eat those way back when? Yeah. Yeah, neither did I. I think somebody gave me those once. I don't even remember if I, you know, yeah. I, I was just like, Ugh. okay. And plus, it was, you know, you got to get that foil off yeah. and all that. Yeah. It was on this date, 1849, Congress created the territory of Minnesota. It was on this date in 1863, free city delivery of mail was authorized by the United States Postal Service. It was on this date in 1875, Congress authorized the 20 cent piece. It was only used for three years, and they got rid of it. It was 1885. The post office began offering special delivery for first-class mail. 1887, pay attention, Kimmy. This is something of interest to you. It really is. You've actually seen a movie based on this. Anne Sullivan began teaching a six-year-old blind deaf student. Tell me the name of the blind deaf student that Ann Sullivan began to teach. Helen Keller. That is exactly right. Now, the next question is, what was the very first word Helen Keller was taught? Water. You're exactly right, Kimmy. Bonus points. Tell me in that classic movie, who played Helen Keller? Patty Duke Aston. Patty Duke. Ooh, yes. He, you knew I was going to... Correct you. Yes, it was Patty Duke. And by the way, she began teaching her on this date, March 3rd, 1887. She taught her water on April 5th of 1887, a little over a month, a month and like two days. She was able to teach her that. Wow. I mean, that's, to me, that is remarkable. That's amazing. That is. I mean, it only I, took a month? Yeah, I would have guessed like a year. Um, especially the movie, I mean, the movie is fantastic from, you know, giving you an idea, but you know, they left out a lot of drama, I guess would be the term, um, before she learned that word, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I, I find that amazing. It was on this date, 1915, the motion picture Birth of a Nation debuts in New York City. It was on this date, Kimmy, in 1931, the first jazz album to sell a million copies was recorded this single was on that jazz album, and it would be attached to the artist forever. Tell me the name of the artist who sold the first million copies of a jazz album. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here is your clue. Hey, folks, here's a story about Minnie the Moocher. She was a low-down, huge coocher. She was the roughest, toughest, frail. Minnie had a heart as big as a whale. Heidi, 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 ho! Heidi, 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 ho! Heidi, 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 ho! 
he would perform this way up in age, and he was smooth. If you ever have an opportunity to watch uh, film of his early days, matter of fact, any time period, but I mean, it's amazing what he did in the 1930s. Who is that individual? I can see him. Yes, the song Minnie the Moocher. I've, I've seen him. I've seen clips. And, um, and people tried to imitate him over the course of time. I mean, he, he, oh, he was something. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Yep. Can you do it? Name's escaping me at the moment. I'll give you his first name. Mm-hmm. You give me his last name. Cab. Calloway. That's right. Cab Calloway, 1931. This is not fiction, but it seems like a bad crime TV show or movie, or maybe even a bad crime novel comic book either. 1934. John Dillinger breaks out of jail using a wooden pistol. It really happened. Uh, By the way, for those who do not know, John Dillinger was a gangster and bank robber during the Great Depression. His gang robbed two dozen banks and four police stations over the course of their run, and Dillinger, by the way, escaped jail twice. He was killed by federal agents 1934 at the age of 31. Moving over to sports, Kimmy, this one should be easy for you. 1959, the San Francisco Giants had their new stadium officially named. What is the name of that stadium for the San Francisco Giants? I don't know. Candlestick Park. I thought Miss Baseball would know that I didn't remember it. Uh, It's all right. That's okay. Your your mint shakes are still possibly coming your way. Here's a chance for you to redeem yourself. 1966 is the year. Neil Young, Stephen Stills, and Rich Foray form a group. Tell me the name of that rock group. Here is your audio clue. That line's being drawn. Nobody's right. If everybody's wrong, young people speak in their minds are getting so much resistance from behind. Time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Now that is some hippie music. Now tell me the name of the group that they formed. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. That is not correct, Kimmy. Crosby, Stills, Nash. That is not correct, Kimmy. Neil Young, Stephen Stills, and Rich Foray formed Buffalo Springfield was the name of the band oh. uh, right there. Yes. Yeah, I, you, I thought you knew your hippie music a little better than that. No. Okay, moving over to something else happening on this date. 1969, Apollo 9 was launched by NASA. It was to test the lunar module. It uh, went around the Earth 150 times in 10 days. It did 151 Earth orbits, and they tested the lunar mo- module. Did not go to the moon. Hmm. It was on this date in 1969. Saran Saran testified in Los Angeles, in a court in Los Angeles, that he killed whom? Robert Kennedy. That is exactly right, Kimmy. 1969. It was on this date in 1978. Bizarre, bizarre Hollywood news. The remains of Charles Chaplin were stolen from his grave in Switzerland. The body was recovered 11 weeks later near Lake Geneva. That was in 1978. It was on this date in 1980. The submarine Nautilus was decommissioned. The vessel's final voyage had ended May 28, 1979. 1985. Women Against Pornography awarded its pig award to Huggies Diapers, Kimmy. Okay. Yes, Huggies Diapers got the pig award. 
The activist group claimed that the TV ads for diapers had crossed the line between eye-catching and porn. That was in 1985. It was on this date in 1985, this TV show premiered. Tell me the name of the TV show. Here's your audio clue. Someone might Oh, Kimmy, can you tell me the name of that TV show? Moonlighting. That's right, Al Jarreau giving the uh, the sing, you know, the song right there, the, the theme song there for Moonlighting, 1985. Did you watch that TV show? Mm-hmm. You did. You, Sometimes. Oh, really? Well, you know what? I think you should cosplay as Sybil Shepherd, and you know, we do the moonlighting thing. Hmm. Yeah, that went over well. Did you notice that? Uh, I, I know that one's really happening, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like. Yeah, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, move on, please. Just get, please get this torturous thing over with, and I want my two, my two shamrock shakes. That's what this is. I know it is. Okay, Kimmy, it was on this day, 1994. Kurt Cobain of what group? Nirvana. That's right. Lapses into a coma. Happens in Italy after taking a combination of Valium and Champagne. He passes away April 8th, 1994. He's found dead at his home in Seattle. The victim of what was officially ruled a suicide by a self-inflicted shotgun wound to the head. He died at the age of 27. 1995, Bill Berry of REM underwent surgery to halt bleeding of a brain aneurysm. It was 1995, a stalker was arrested while trying to break into Roberta Flack's New York apartment. On this date, Kimmy, this uh, album, or this what this song was on, the CD, was released the year is 1998. This is very easy. We want you to get your two shamrock shakes. Tell me the name of the recording artist and tell me the name of the single, which just happens to be the name of the album, the title of the album. Here you go. Here's your audio clue. All right, not in your head there. You know what it is. You're confident. You don't need any more. Tell me the name of the recording artist. Madonna. And tell me the name of the song slash CD. Ray of Light. That is exactly right. I assume that is on your MP3 player and in your collection. Mm-hmm. It is? Okay. 2003, Penguin Group announced that Madonna had written five illustrated storybooks for readers age six and above. Publication was scheduled to begin September 2003. Moving over to birthdays, Kimmy. Identify who this famous individual is, born on this date. He's considered, uh, well, the most famous for his invention of the practical telephone. The first practical telephone, which, by the way, he considered an intrusion and did not have one in his study. After they become commonplace, he would not have one. Tell me, he would have one in the residence, but not in his work area. Tell me who that mystery birthday person is. 
Alexander Graham Bell. That's right. Born 1847, died 1922 at the age of 77 from complication due to diabetes. It was on this date in 1911. Actress Jean Harlow was born. Do you know who that is? Mm -hmm. You've heard of her. Mm -hmm. Well, she was big. She was a sex symbol of the 1930s. She was signed by director Howard Hughes, and her first major appearance was in Hell's Angels in 1930. Harlow died at the age of 26 during the 1937 filming of Saratoga. The film was completed using body doubles and released a little over a month after her death. The American Film Institute ranks her 22nd as the greatest film star or female film star of classic Hollywood cinema. I'm surprised you know who that is. I'm, I, I love looking at her work. I mean, mm. it's, it, it's, it is stunning. See if you can identify who this person is. Born on this date in history, here is your audio clue, Kimmy. Computer. Last message received and recorded from Captain Kirk. Run it through analyzer. Question. Is it or is it not the captain's voice? A voice duplicator? Well, they've got them, Doctor. I know they're trying to get us. First question. Tell me the name of the character that is. Scotty. From what TV show? Star Trek. The original series. And tell me the name of the actor who was born on this date who played Montgomery Scott. James Doohan. That's exactly right, Kimmy. Within five years, what year did he pass away? 95. 2005 at the age of 85. And he found himself typecast after Star Trek. He you know, ended up doing the voice for the animated series. But for the rest of his life, he did the convention circuit. Mm. And that's something I think is very important for people to understand. Because you and I have heard this before. As a matter of fact, recently at a convention where somebody's talking about, oh, they, they, they're they making a lot of money. They've made a lot. But a lot of cases, that's not the case. This is how they mm -hmm. exist. And a good example, uh, Butch Patrick. We talked with him, Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster from the Munsters. We interviewed him. You can find that on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. We talked with him, and I asked him the question of, like, the payments. They didn't go on forever. You're not still getting money from the Munsters just because it's airing on TV. And I think it was six payments is what he received over a course of time, hmm. he told me. And then it was over. You know, he didn't receive another dime. So individuals, that is how they are making a living because they do get typecast and they can't find other work. So, you know, it happened to James Doohan. Moving over to somebody else. Having a birthday. Tell me how old this person is. Recording artist. See if you can identify who it is. Here's your audio clue. A hit from 1988. Can you tell me who that is? Here's his other hit. So I got him. Show's over. To the other side of the cantina. I asked the guy why you so fly. He said, funky Medina. That's from 1989. Who is the recording artist, Kimmy? Tone Loke. That's exactly right. How old is he within five years? Uh, 63. Tone Loke is 51 today. Oh. Actress Jessica Beale. Do you know who that is? Uh, from Flashdance? Uh, no. From Seventh Heaven. Also, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. Blade Trinity 2004. The 18, 2010, and Total Recall, 2012. Oh. Do you know who she is? We'll be fair here with Apparently you. Apparently not. Okay. Well, she is 35, Kimmy. And we don't hold that against you that you didn't know who that is. Moving to another section of trivia. I see dead people. Notable deaths on this date in history. 1987 saw the passing of Danny Kaye, an American actor, singer, dancer, comedian, and musician. Very, very talented. 
What's surprising, he only starred in, well, I'm saying only, I would have thought of been more films. It was 17 movies is what he starred in. He died of heart failure on March 3rd, 1987, at the age of 76, brought on by internal bleeding and complications of hepatitis C. He had quadruple bypass heart surgery February 1983 and contracted hepatitis C from a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. I think you did a great job, Kimmy, with trivia today. I think we got two of those green things for you, those shakes. Yeah, I think you earned them. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll be so nice. I'll let you wear my Lucky Leprechaun t-shirt. Wow. You like that Luck- Lucky Leprechaun t-shirt, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Kimmy does not because he's throwing up a rainbow. Mm-hmm. She won't it's let me wear ugly it. Ugly as... Um, you won't... You know, hey, you're making fun of my heritage. Kimmy will not... Something's going to happen to it someday. You, you will not let me wear that out in public. I don't understand why. Anyhow, I think we'll honor, by the way, something that we held back from on trivia today. That's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Anytime we go back to the golden age of radio to honor it, or or in one way, make people aware of it, we take that opportunity. And from trivia today, it was on this date in 1945. This is a job for Superman. Up, up, and away. It was on this date, 1945, Superman encountered Batman and Robin for the first time on radio. The very first time. What is interesting is... Batman and Robin never had their own radio show standalone. They would only appear on episodes of Superman starting in 1945. Also on this date, 1952, Whispering Streets debuted on ABC Radio. Whispering Streets was a romantic soap opera slash drama that would influence TV soap operas and dramas. The show had a a string of famous narrators over its run, one of them being Betty Davis. She was the, the one who did it the most. And I thought we'd go back in time and do a couple of things. What we'll do with the Golden Age of Radio is we have two episodes, the two, the very two, the first one from 1945 and the one that follows up of when Batman and Robin meet Superman. That's from 1945, followed by, yes, Whispering Streets with Betty Davis. So we're offering that. I, it, I mean, these that's about as far you know, a part as you can get in styles. But it is an example of variety that radio offered way back when in the golden age of radio. These will be uninterrupted. Kicking it off, 1945, two of Superman adventures. That's with Batman and Robin as they encounter each other for the very first time as we go back to 1945 on the Riley and Kimmy show. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, fellows and girls, we will learn the identity of the young boy Superman found in the rowboat. There's a big surprise in store. But before we continue our story, here's Eddie and his sister with a question for Dan McCullough. Hey, Dan, I brought my sister along today. I hope you don't mind. Well, I'm glad you did. Hello there, Betty. Hi, Dan. You see, she collects top model planes, too. As a matter of fact, she's pretty interested in aviation. Good for you, Betty. Uh, how many pet models have you got so far? Well, I've got five, Dan. See, I brought him along with me to show you. Swell. Well, here's a Russian Yak-4, and this is a Sunderland flying boat. Right. And and this is a Vought Exalder. That's a Navy transport. And then I've got two models of a Douglas Skymax. Two models? Well, uh, let's see. Why don't you trade one of them with your brother? Well, I'm waiting till he gets what I want. 
See, I'd like to have a Curtis Helldiver next, but Eddie's only got one. When he gets another, we're going to swap. Hey, it sounds like a good idea to me. Well, thanks for coming over here today, Betty and Eddie. And gang, how are you coming with your collections of those nifty pet model planes? Remember, every time you open up a new package of that super delicious cereal, Kellogg's Pep, you'll find another colored cardboard plane model right inside. Now, there are 14 different models you can get all together. Four British, two Russian, and eight American. And among them are the exciting planes Betty mentioned earlier, as well as the British Lancaster bomber, the Russian 118 fighter, and the American B-24 Liberator bomber. Best of all, gang, you don't have to send in a single penny for them, not even a box stop. There's a plane inside every single pet package. So, gang, be sure your mother gets you a package of those golden, delicious whole wheat flakes tomorrow. See which model plane you find inside. And remember the name, Pep, P-E-P. Pep is made by Kellogg's in Battle Creek. And now the adventures of Superman. When an unsigned note addressed to Superman was left at the Daily Planet requesting the Man of Steel to come to the North Bay at once, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, sensing a possible story, rented a boat and rowed out on the bay. To their amazement, they found a drifting rowboat without oars, and in the bottom of it, an unconscious boy. As the two reporters started back to shore with the boy, they were run down by a large speedboat and left struggling in the icy water. Clinging to the boy as the tide swept them out to sea, Jimmy had lost consciousness, and Lois was beginning to go under when Superman appeared just in time to save them all from drowning. Then, Superman made a startling discovery. The boy is wearing a cape, a red leather vest with a leather arm. He must be... Great Scott. Up with him. Up and away! I'll take Jim and Lois home. Then I want a word with this boy. He's who I think he is. No, wait a minute. He's wounded. There's a doctor's house down there. Down to it. Down! There. Better get back into Kent's clothes. Save a lot of explanations. We'll put these three down for a moment. There. Now to become a Daily Planet reporter again. Horn-rimmed glasses, voice and all. There, that does it. The doctor's in. Cut on the boy's head doesn't look too good. Yes, who? Good heavens, what's this? I, uh, the, these three people were just fished out of the bay, doctor. They're, they're suffering from submersion. Uh, may I bring them in? Yes, yes, of course. Let me give you a hand. No, I can manage. All, all right. You can't carry the three of them. Here, I'll take this one. No, no, t- take Miss Lane. Okay. Come on in. Thank you. I'll have my wife look after the young lady. Martha. Martha? Yes, John? Come here, please. Hurry. I- I'll be back in a moment. Start getting the wet clothes off the boys, Mr. Uh, uh, Kent. Clark yes, Kent. Yes. Okay, Doctor. Good. This is giving me a chance to get this boy's costume off before the doctor sees it. I'll just put him and Jim on this couch. Oh. There we are. Oh, Miss Lane. Uh-oh. The tide. Oh, Jim's Can't coming, too. Stay up. <laughs> off with this boy's costume before Jim sees it. I can't stay up. I'm drowned. No, no, it, it's okay, Jim. Wait. You're safe now. Uh, there we are, just in time. Huh. Stuff the costume in my pocket and then wrap him in this couch cover. So, Mr. Kent. Yes, that's right, Jim. Just lie still now. You're all right. I'll, I'll get these wet clothes off you. What, 
But how? Well, what? Superman rescued you. He did? Uh-huh. But how did you get here? I... And well, where are we? In, in the doctor's house. I rushed out to North Bay. Here, give me your arm, will you? Yeah. And I found that note for Superman in Lois's office. I thought you two would get into trouble, and it looks like I was right. Hey, you're not kidding. Wait a minute. Roll over just a bit. Oh, all right. Oh, boy. When that speedboat ran us down. What speedboat? Here. Put my overcoat around you. Ah, thanks. Yep. Yeah, a speedboat ran us down on purpose, Mr. Kent. When we were rowing back with the kid... Oh, gosh, I forgot. Is he all right? Oh, I think he will be. Say, a speedboat ran you down purposely? Yeah, it was purposely all right. They kept their spotlight on us all the time. When was this? Right after we found the, the kid lying in, in the robot. Oh, here, Don't... wait now, wait. You're starting to shiver. I, I better call the doctor. Doctor! I'm right here, Mr. Kent. Oh, good. Yeah, take that coat off and wrap this blanket around yeah, you, man. Yeah, thanks, Doctor. That water was awful cold. Can you walk? Sure, I think so. Good. Now, you just go through that door there, and you'll find my wife and Miss Lane. They'll give you some hot tea. Oh, that sounds good to me. Careful, don't trip on that blanket, Jim. How is Miss Lane, Doctor? She's fine. Well, now, let's have a look at this other young chap here. Hmm. I don't think he swallowed much water. No, I don't think so either. I, I worked his arms a bit. Hard action seems all right. Oh, good. There's an odd wound on his head. Uh-huh. I noticed that. A thin cut in the indications of a burn. As if a hot knife had cut him. A hot knife? Yes. Wound is slight, though. I don't see anything else the matter with him. He should have regained consciousness by now. Well, isn't there anything we can do? Well, we might pass these spirits of ammonia under his nose. Oh. Oh, there's my phone. Uh, here, Mr. Kent, give him a whip or two of these spirits. Okay, Doctor. They ought to bring him around. I'll be back as soon as I can. Fine. Now, oh, let's see. Never mind, Mr. Uh, Kent. I'm awake. What? I've been conscious for some time, but I kept my eyes closed and listened. I wanted to make sure you weren't enemies. Enemies? Look, your name is... Dick. Dick Grayson. Dick, eh? Well, I think your name is... It's Dick Grayson, I said. Listen, Mr. Kent, I heard you say Superman had rescued us. Yes, that's right. Do you think you'll come back to see me? Uh, well, why should he? You're all right now. I know, but but I sent him a note. Oh, so it was you who sent that note. Yes. I just got to see Superman. I've got to. Well, why, Dick? Because only he can help me. Help you how? I can't tell you, Mr. Kent. Why not? I'm a reporter on the Daily Planet. That's where you sent the note. I know, but I can't tell you anything. I can only tell Superman. Oh, huh. boy. Get a load of Miss Lane all dressed up in a new spring blanket. Pretty natty, huh, Clark? <laughs> Jim told me about your being here. How did you know that... Why, the boy's awake. Uh, Miss Lane, this is, uh, Dick Grace. How do you do, Dick? Pleased to meet you, Miss Lane. And this is Jim Olsen. Hiya, Dick. Hey, listen, what were you doing out there in that boat? Dick and I have something very important to discuss, Jim, so if you and Lois will excuse us... Well, we'll... I like that. I find a story and almost get drowned for my pains, and you think you can just step in and cut me out of all the nerves. No, it's not that at all, I Lois. think it is, well, and I'm is... not standing for it. Oh. Now, look, Dick. You sent that note to the Daily Planet for Superman, didn't you? Well, yes, We're wasting I... valuable time, Lois. Dick Let said that... me hear what he says. This is my story. What did you want to see Superman about, Dick? Yeah, Dick, and how'd you get way out on the bay without oars? And what made you unconscious? I can't tell you. I can only tell Superman. Please, help me find him. We can't do that, Dick, but maybe we can help you out of whatever trouble you're in. Sure. You can't. Only Superman can. It's terribly important. You don't know how important it is. 
Please, help me find Superman. Oh, gosh, we can't do that, Dick. Of course not, Maybe I can help you find Superman, Dick. You can? Oh, Mr. Kent, if you only could. Oh, don't listen to him, Dick. He's just talking. You might be surprised, Lois. You can't fool me, Clark. You just want to get him away to scoop me on my own story. Oh, Mr. Kent wouldn't do that, Miss Lane. Of course I wouldn't. Jim, where did you put my overcoat when you took it off? Oh, on that chair. I'll get it. What do you want your overcoat for? For Dick, so he doesn't catch cold when we go out. Well, Jim and I can't leave yet. Our clothes are being dried. I know. Here's your coat, Mr. Kent. Thanks. Here, Dick, put this on. Now, wait a minute, Clark. Are we going to find Superman now, Mr. Kent? Well, we're going to try. Gee, how, Mr. Kent? How does he know? He just wants to get away with the boy. You're not leaving here without me, Clark. Oh, yes, we are, Lois. This is terribly important. Let's go, Dick. Stop, I tell you. I'm going along. Can I go too, Mr. Kent? Both of you in blankets? Of course not. Tell the doctor thanks and to send his bill to the Daily Planet, Jim. Clark, wait a minute. You can't do this to me. First time I've ever seen you so helpless, Lois. Oh. Don't you worry. If there's a story, and I think there will be, I'll give it all to you. So long. Clark! Clark! Oh, I'll get even for you. Protesting furiously, Lois rushes to the window and watches Clark Kent and Dick Grayson leave. Taking young Dick Grayson to his apartment... Clark Kent tells the worried boy to be seated, then leaves the apartment for a moment only to return as... <gasps> Superman! That's right. Clark Kent said you wanted to see me, Dick, or shall I call you by your real name, Robin? How... how did you know? I saw the cape and red vest under your coat tonight when I pulled you out of North Bay, and I saw your mask and your green gloves. Incidentally, I have them with me. You are Robin, aren't you? Batman's companion? Yes, I... wait. Someone else might have seen my costume when I was unconscious. How do I know you're Superman? Oh, you think I might be an imposter, eh? Well, let's get that settled first, then we can get down to cases. Now, let's see. If I take a couple of turns around the ceiling, that ought to convince you, oughtn't it? Wait, wait. Okay, here I go. Up! What do you say, Dick? I mean, Robin? You... you are flying. Right. Now, down. Well, you satisfied? You bet. I... Oh, Superman, will you help me? You've got to. I don't know what to do. Now, take it easy, son. Of course, I'll help you if I can. You can. Only you can. Well, sounds serious. It is. It's the most serious thing that ever happened. That's a strong statement, Robin. It's true. You see... Yes? Batman has disappeared. What? Yes, Superman. Batman has disappeared. Incredulously, Superman stares down at the white-faced boy... Batman, the most powerful and spectacular human in all the world, save for Superman himself, has disappeared. What can this mean? Fellows and girls, it means one of the most thrilling adventures the Man of Steel has ever encountered. A deep and menacing mystery which will try all of his amazing powers to their utmost. So don't miss a single episode of this new story entitled, The Mystery of the Wax Men. Tune in tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, the man of steel. Today, Robin, youthful assistant of the famous Batman, tells him why he so desperately needs his help. And now, the adventures of Superman. Sensing a story in a mysterious note addressed to Superman, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen rented a boat and rowed out on North Bay, where they found an unconscious boy in a rowboat. 
On their way back to shore with the boy, they were run down by a large speedboat and were near drowning when Superman appeared and rescued them. At a doctor's house, the boy revived and identified himself as Dick Grayson. He said he had sent the note to Superman and was in great trouble, but refused to discuss the matter with anyone but the Man of Steel. Clark Kent took Dick to his apartment where he left for a moment and then reappeared as Superman. He told Dick he had seen the cape beneath his coat and the red leather vest with the letter R on it and recognized him as Robin, companion of the famous Batman. The boy admitted his identity and pleaded for help. You've got to help me, Superman. You've got to. Of course I'll help you if I can. You're the only one who can. Well, this sounds serious. It is. It's the most serious thing that ever happened. That's a pretty strong statement, Robin. It's true. You see... Yes? Batman has disappeared. What? Yes. Batman has disappeared. Great Scott, where? When? I don't know where. He left me in our cottage at Queens Point. That's across the bay. Yes? He told me to wait for him there. He said he'd be back before evening. But he didn't come back. He didn't, eh? When was this? I mean, when did he leave? It was yesterday. Batman left right after lunch. He said he'd be back in a few hours. Did he say where he was going? No. All he said was that he was working on the biggest case of his life. And he was all set to finish it up that afternoon. Did he give you any hint as to what it was? I begged him to, but he wouldn't. He said it was too dangerous for even me to be mixed up in. He said that the fate of the whole world depended on it. Fate of the whole world? Yes. You've got to find him, Superman. Because what I'm afraid of is that those men got him. What men? The men who came to our cottage last night to get me. Now, wait a minute. You better tell me about that. I was going to. When Batman hadn't returned by dinner time like he said he would, I began to get a little nervous. And when he wasn't home by 10 o'clock and then by 11, I was really worried. I decided to wait another hour and then call the police and start looking for him. But then Alfred, he's our butler, came into the living room where I was watching the clock. I say, Master Dick, we seem to be getting company. You mean Batman's back, Alfred? Unfortunately, no. But I was just out in the garden, and I observed half a dozen men sneaking up from the beach. They seem to be surrounding the house. What? Quite. And the bounders have guns. We seem to be in a bit of a predicament. What? I switched off the light, went to the window, and looked out. Alfred was right. There were men surrounding the house. They'd spread out, crouched down low, and they were sneaking up behind bushes and trees. I could see the guns in their hands, and I didn't like it. I rang to the phone to call the police. Hello, operator. Hello. Hello, operator. Hello. Hello. Well, the phone's dead, Alfred. Dead? My word. How could a telephone die? I mean, it's not working. It was all right earlier this evening. Those men must have cut the wires. The doorbell. Well, what do we do now? There are too many for me to take on alone. I'll help. I know a trick or two. No, too many guns, Alfred. Oh, what happened there? We've got to get out of here and fast. Come on, Alfred. It's my word, but where? The gun chap has the house surrounded. I'll show you. Come on. I took Alfred down to the basement to a trap door that opens when you press a hidden button behind the furnace. I got it open and pushed Alfred in, following him just as we heard the men force their way into the house. I closed the trap door behind me and let Alfred through the tunnel to the boathouse. There was another trap door there that you could push up from underneath. And I started to open it when I heard voices. We get it out of the house. Boys will get him and then we can blow. Yeah, we get man for it since up there. He's just though I have a man. Shut up, homies. Hey, what's that creaking noise? 
two men in the boathouse, Alfred. Oh, I see. What do we do now, Master Dick? Wait for them to give up looking for us and then go to the police. There ain't nobody here. Must have been no witness. Alfred and I stayed in the tunnel all the rest of the night, Superman, and all the next day. The men didn't leave, eh? No, and... Just a minute. When you opened the trap door in the boathouse, one of the men there said they were being paid by... What was the name? It was an odd name. It sounded like Zoltan. Zoltan, eh? Okay, go on, Robin. Well, like I said, we stayed in the tunnel all that night and all the next day. We could hear them looking for us, tramping across the floor. Finally, they stopped looking, but they didn't go away. I kept hoping Batman would show up, but he didn't. And then I knew something had happened to him, and I had to try to find him. So when evening came again, that was this evening, I inched the trap door open in the boathouse. I see. Are they still there, Master Dick? Just one of them. He's sitting with his back to us, looking out at the water. I trust he's enjoying the view, what? Look, Alfred, I've got an idea. But you've got to help me, will you? Of course, Master Dick. You know that. Good. I've written a note. I want you to deliver it for me. Deliver a note? My word, I'd be happy to, but how do I get out of here? I'll take care of this fellow in the boathouse, and you... But the chap has a gun. Oh, I can handle him. Now, listen. When I tackle him, you run out the back door of the boathouse. It's dark, and chances are you can slip through the grounds without being seen. Then step on it to the Daily Planet newspaper as fast as you can. Right, oh, Master Dick. But I really think I should help you with that character in the boathouse. I'll take care of him. Get ready now. I'm going to open the trap door. I'm ready, sir. Ready and eager. So far, so good. I'll sneak up on him so he won't hear me. Now, when I call to you, Alfred, run. And good luck. The same for you, sir. Here I go. Okay, Alfred, run! I'm on my way. Well, for a while there, we had quite a tussle. But Batman taught me judo, you know, and I was able to knock the gunman out. Then I got into our rowboat and started pulling away. Well, uh, why did you use the rowboat? I wanted a safe place to meet you, and I thought out on the bay was the best place. But when I was about 200 yards offshore, I heard the man I'd knocked out come to and start yelling. A little later, I heard a speedboat start up. It had a powerful spotlight. And then... Yes, I can guess the rest of it. They uh, caught up with you and shot you. That explains your head wound. I imagine they thought they finished you. I guess so. I passed out and didn't wake up until I was in the doctor's house with Mr. Kent and Jimmy Olsen and Miss Lane. Well, you don't know it, but that speedboat hung around a while, saw Jim and Miss Lane pick you up, and then ran them down. <laughs> nice fellows. Well, I've got work to do now, Robin. You're going to look for Batman? In a way, yes. Now, you listen to me. Clark Kent may be back here before... Well, before I return. If he does show up, trust him and go with him. Do you understand? Well, yes, but what, what can Mr. Kent do? Almost as much as I can. So long, Robin. Or maybe I'd get better get used to calling you Dick. Where are you going? Out this window. I know, but what about Batman? You let me worry about Batman from here on in. See you soon. Up! Up! And away! Leaping into the darkness, Superman swiftly disappears. Where is he going? Leaving Dick Grayson, alias Robin, in his apartment, Superman disappeared. 
only to return an hour later in his guise of Clark Kent with Dick's dry clothes. Then, taking a taxi, Kent and Dick rode across town to a dark street facing a deserted park, where we join them now. What are we doing here, Mr. Kent? Well, I'm not quite sure myself, Dick. Well, then why... Take it easy. You see that one-story building we're coming to with the two wide, barred windows across the front? Uh-huh. Looks like a fancy store. Hmm. Only there's no way to get in. The doors are on the side. What sort of a place is it? Well, there are gilt letters on the brick just above the windows. You see them? Oh, yeah. Zoltan's Wax Museum. Zoltan! Keep your voice down. That's the name the man in the boathouse used. Uh-huh. Or I think it was. Yes, you see, that's just the trouble. You're not sure. But it's the only lead we've got so far. And this Zoltan, who owns the Wax Museum, is the only one with that name in the phone book and the city directory. But what could a man in a wax museum have to do with Batman disappearing? We don't know if he did have anything to do with it. As I say, it's our only lead so far, so come on. Where? I don't want to have a look through those windows. But it's too dark to see anything. Well, I can see pretty well in the dark. The street lamp behind us throws a little light. All right, hold up now. Hmm. Just a lot of life-size wax figures standing around the floor. Yeah, I can see them. They're all dressed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look kind of weird in the dark, don't they? Yeah. That's funny. What, Mr. Kent? Those wax figures. There's something familiar about the faces, but I... I can't quite place them. I can't either. They... Oh, gosh, look. What, Dick? Over to the left. Against the wall. What? It's Batman. Batman? Yeah, look. It's Batman. Yes, I see. Only... Only he's a wax statue. Startled. Clark Kent's eyes followed Dick Grayson's trembling finger to the silent, life-sized figure of the missing Batman. What can this mean? Fellows and girls, there's a startling surprise in store for you and for Superman on Monday. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman. Whispering. Whispering. Whispering Streets. And here is Betty Davis. Hello. There are certain tradespeople who wait upon us of whom we know very little. But often they know a lot about us. This particular morning, as Mike serviced the last houses on his milk route, he was whistling cheerily. Mike stopped at the back door of the Fairfax home, left the usual order of milk and cream, and then started toward his milk truck. Just then he heard the front door open and close, and... Morning, Mike. How's the milk industry? It's fine, Mr. Fairfax, as long as the cows hold out. <laughs> <laughs> How are things with you, sir? Oh, just fine. My business is booming, despite all the pessimism. Glad to hear it, sir. Hey, Mike, when I went past the little house at the foot of the hill last night, I saw that there was a light shining from the windows. Uh, has someone leased the place or bought it? A widow lady bought it. A young widow lady. Uh, she's a writer or something. Her name is Worth. She gets a bottle of milk and half a pint of cream every day. She left her order outside the first morning, and the second morning I knocked on the door to check her name, and I opened the door. She's kind of pretty, even though she's awfully pale. I wonder why a woman alone would move to a little cottage so far out of town. 
Well, it's close to the highway. Maybe she wanted space to grieve in, being as how her husband's dead. Space to grieve in. <laughs> Sometimes a man wonders, space to grieve in. That has quite a poetic sound, Mike. Well, so long now. Got to get to the office. So long, Mr. Fairfax. And my... <laughs> Malcolm Fairfax smiled at Mike, but there was a wistfulness in his smile. He opened the door of his car and climbed in and started off down the hill. And Mike Shapiro climbed aboard his milk truck and stepped on the starter. And when he came to the little house at the foot of the hill, he pulled up in front of the house and went around to the back and knocked on the door. Who is it? It's Mike, the milkman. Oh, yes, I'll be right with you. I'm glad you stopped by, Mike. I wasn't here when you came yesterday. In fact, I left early and spent the day and night in the city, and I... Please understand that this isn't a complaint, but I think you forgot yesterday's order. Oh, but I, I didn't forget it, Mrs. Worth. Of course, the customer is always right, but I hardly ever slip up on an order. I've got a little book, and I keep my records in it. Oh, well, then, I must have been at fault, but I'm sure that I... Well... I'll be more careful tomorrow. Uh, no, no, I'll be more careful. Ten to one, I gum something up. Uh, uh I was... <laughs> and thanks for the young monk. But, um... Last night. Well, he said... But I just told you, I wasn't home last night. I spent the whole day and night in the city, and I came out early this morning. But I didn't intend to stay the night. I intended to be home before dark. So I didn't leave any lights in the house. Oh, that's strange. Mr. Fairfax don't hardly ever make mistakes. If he says he saw a light, seems as if he must have seen something. Huh. This man, that, that's very strange. In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back again. But first... From now on, the career serviceman can look forward to his two retirement checks at age 65. Or upon completing the required number of years of service, he'll be drawing Social Security in addition to military retirement. That's because service in the armed forces now builds credit toward both military and Social Security retirement. This new Social Security coverage also means greater disability insurance and expanded family survivor protection. Servicemen in their 50s or younger will need 10 years of Social Security coverage to qualify for retirement benefits. However, servicemen or women already in their 60s can qualify for Social Security retirement with less than 10 years of coverage. The exact amount of coverage time needed depends on your exact date of birth. Details on coverage time and benefit amounts can be found in Social Security pamphlets available now in service libraries and reading rooms. Have you investigated your Social Security benefits? to our story with Betty Davis. Mrs. Worth, whose first name was Constance, didn't mix with the people in the suburban town. Certain neighbors called on her and found her tapping busily on the typewriter. She was polite, but aloof. She explained that she was busy, that she was working on a book, and that she didn't go in much for social things, and that was that. She paid much for the milk and cream every Saturday. But when almost a month had gone by, he found her waiting for him as he came up the path with his order. And... Mike, 
When I'm working hard, I get extremely, um, well, engrossed. And sometimes things slip my mind, even things like eating. But tell me this. Have you delivered the regular amount of milk every day this last week? And the week before? Well, yes, Pam, I sure have. Oh, the first time, well, I could have made a mistake, but not the time. I put out a usual number of empty bottles. Well, no, ma'am, you haven't. I meant to mention it sometime, but I didn't get around to it. Oh, well, that's very strange. I must have taken to eating glass in my old age. Well, it's unimportant. People can die of eating glass. I was only joking, Mike. <laughs> Look, uh, tomorrow will you leave me an extra bottle of cream? I have a guest coming for dinner, and he adores deep-dish apple pie with whipped cream. Most men like cheese, but he goes for whipped cream. <laughs> well, I belong to the whipped cream school myself, Mrs. Worth. And when you find bottles missing, do tell me. That I will. I've missed other things, too, but as I say, I, I get preoccupied when I'm working hard, and I probably make myself eggnogs, and that's where both the eggs and milk go. Civilization. Oh. That's why, um... Uh, that's why I invited a friend out for dinner. If I don't have some company soon, I'll, I'll start to eat with my knife. Or I'll stop eating entirely and I'll forget to comb my hair and put on lipstick. You do look awful tired, Mrs. Worth, for a fact. Oh, well, that's because I'm coming to the end of the book. And when a writer gets to the end of something, Mike, she starts pyramiding. And time and a great many other things lose their values. I don't suppose you know what I'm getting at. Well, no, I, I don't exactly. But you're in one line of work and I'm in another, so I don't expect to understand everything. Well, I'll see you soon, Mrs. Worth, and I won't forget about that extra cream. Do you think living here alone is doing you any... My riding pot. Now I'm racing at fever heat. But you don't have to race at fever heat. Darling, if you'd only let me take care of you, I have so much more than we can spend in a hundred years. We could go to Europe, to South America, to the Orient. We... Besides, Gordon, underneath it all, I... I'm something of a prude... I don't go traveling with men, even old friends, without benefit of clergy. If you let my lawyer handle the situation, it can be arranged just like that. This book I'm finishing is giving me a chance to unburden my soul. I'm having my heroine say a lot of things I've wanted to say for years. And when it's finished, I'll be able to relax. Oh, Gordon, I'd rather go to Europe or South America or the Orient with you more than anything this side of paradise. But I can't. Darling, as Mrs. Gordon Conrad, you can go anywhere and do anything and say anything and no one will dare criticize you. I asked you to marry me years before Harvey came into the picture. If only you'd done it, darling. Oh, if only I had. But Harvey was so... so violent. And, and I'd known you since we were children. Harvey swept me off my feet. I'd lived such a quiet life until then. I mistook his violence for something else. No, I'm paying for my mistake. If you'll excuse me for a moment, well, Gordon. You better I'll... let me take the call. You're too shaky to give a sensible answer. No, 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 I'm not. Probably my public. Hello? Yes, this is Mrs. Worth. What? No. Yes, yes, of course you must come here. Yes, yes, tomorrow as early as possible. Yes, yes, I will. I realize that it's imperative. After more than three weeks. 
What is it, dear? You're white as a sheep. Gordon, I've had some disturbing news. Your publisher? He and I are the only ones who have your phone now. Gordon, I wish you'd go back to the city and leave me alone. I must do some serious thinking. Was that call about... Yes. Gordon, you must go. With you here, I'll allow myself to get hysterical. And I can't let that happen. I must hold myself and leash. I must. I can't crack up now. But... But don't you realize that I can't possibly leave you when you're in this state? But you must. You must. This may make all the difference to both of us, Gordon. I'm telling you the truth. I'll go then, but I'll call you every hour on the hour all night long, Constance. And if you don't answer the phone, I'll know something's wrong and I'll be here so fast. I'm telling you this, I won't answer the phone, no matter who calls. I mean it. Gordon, you must go at once. The man who had been seated opposite Constance Worth rose slowly from his place and walked over to the sobbing woman and took her swiftly into his arms and held her close. Her head rested against his shoulder for just one moment before she pulled herself away. There. No, no. I'm all right again. You can, you can see that I'm under control. Completely under control. Yes, Constance. Just never forget that I love you, darling. And that I always will love you. And that if you ever need me, I'll come to you from the ends of the earth. I'll never forget. And remember, too, that if anything were to happen to you, I couldn't go on. There wouldn't be anything left for me in the whole world. Nothing will happen to me. I'll do my thinking tonight. I'll do my talking tomorrow. And tomorrow night... Yes, tomorrow night... I I may have something to tell you. But I'm not sure yet. I'll call you at your office around five. And now, back to our story with Betty Davis. So Gordon Conrad left the little house and drove off. But when he reached the highway, he dimmed his lights and sat for a long while watching the lighted windows. And finally, he saw the lights vanish one by one, and he knew that Constance had gone to bed. So he started the lonely drive back to the city. He didn't know that, locked in her room, she was lying tense in the darkness. It was almost dawn when she fell asleep, but she woke to reassuring sunlight and slipped into a robe and slippers and went down to the kitchen and suddenly realized... She was not alone. Hello there. Harvey. How did you get into the house? Everything was locked tight last night when I went to bed. Last night? Why, I've been here for three weeks. I was holed up in the attic. Oh, I, I never went near the attic. That explains the milk. The eggs. Yes, if you hadn't been so jittery waiting for him, you'd have noticed a lot of other things missing. You, uh, you haven't eaten much of late, Connie. When you'd gone to bed nights, I'd come down and help myself. That chapter from my book, 
The one I haven't been able to find. Yes, and it was about me, my beloved, my ever-loyal wife. I'd have killed you then and there, but I was waiting for him, too. I wanted to do a double job. <laughs> then why didn't you do it while we were at dinner? Well, I was waiting until the two of you were asleep. I did a cat nap, and when I woke up, he was gone. You know I wouldn't let Gordon stay the night. Well, I never caught you at it, but I had plenty of reasons to suspect the worst. Uh, how, how did you find out where I was? Well, the day I escaped from the sanitarium, I called your publisher. I, I called at noon, you see, when he'd be having lunch with some author like you. And he had a new secretary. And the little fool told me your address. <laughs> Well, once I had it, I warned her. I said to her, if her boss heard that she'd given it to a stranger, she'd lose her job. And she was afraid to tell. Well, that figures. I had a phone call last night, Harvey. They're coming here early this morning. They'll take you back to the sanitarium. Oh, no, they won't. And anyhow, you're lying. I'll prove that I'm not lying. They found the guard you bribed to cover for you. And he broke down under questioning. And told them you were coming to get me. And he was right. I will get you. They'll find us both gone when I, I get, get here. I not get out of this house with you, Harvey. That isn't what I meant. I'll be gone out of this house, but you'll be gone out of life into death. And Gordon Conrad can do without you, just as I've done without you these last ugly years. I've got a gun. You see, and I... Go... I'm awfully sorry about that extra cream, Mrs. Mike! It's the second time I made a mistake in your order, and... Oh. Oh, who's he? I'm her husband. I've got a right to be here. Well, I thought Mrs. Worth was a widow. Get out! Get out of this house on the double! If Mike is fast, he's mad. He's escaped from an asylum. Mike, he's going to kill me. He'll kill you, too. He won't kill neither of us, Mrs. Worth. Oh, no. You're both as good as dead right now. Not if I can help it. Mike, are you shot? No, ma'am. The bullet went up through the ceiling. But he's out like a ton of bricks. A quart bottle full of milk is a mighty fine weapon when it hits you in the head. Oh, we, we must tie him up before he comes to him. He's dangerous. Well, I, I don't reckon you'll have to tie him up, Mrs. Worth. When he fell, the back of his head hit the stove. and Mrs. Worth, you fainted. It was another evening. Mike Shapiro was in the town tavern telling his story for the hundredth time to a crowd of eager listeners. And Connie Worth, while she was seated on the sofa in her living room, pale and languid, but with stars in her eyes, she was leaning back against a man's shoulder as if she belonged there. The state police exonerated Mike at once, Gordon. It wasn't the blow from the milk bottle that killed him, it was falling against the stove. Oh, I, I... I can't believe that he's really dead. I just can't believe it. He was so terribly alive when I first knew him. Terribly alive, yes. Oh, it's better, darling, for all concerned. Even for Harvey. You know, homicidal jealousy is a slow torture. Think of the years he had in that place, wondering what you were doing, brooding, planning his escape step by step. Oh. oh, darling, let's go away together now that the road's clear. Please, don't wait.
finish your book. I finished my book before you got here, Gordon. And I tore it into little bits and burned them. I'm not going to write any more books, dear. I'm going to live them. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.